Wow, it's extraordinary, uh, extraordinary contributions from Daniil Schmal and Dr. Swami. I, I was, as so many of us were moved by her, her experience, her trauma, and a reminder that people who give care also need to receive care. And I hope so many people that are watching this will remember that this moment, this call to unite, is not just a moment to talk about ourselves, but to figure out how all of us can care for each other. I, I couldn't be joined by a more important and prominent person in that work than Charlemagne the God. I think everybody knows uh, you, Charlemagne, from your extraordinary work in radio and entertainment in so many ways as a spokesperson, political, social, cultural, uh, media spokesperson uh, for people all over the country. But the thing that in brings you here with us in a special way is your commitment to help and invite and make it easy for people to seek help. So many of us wanna be the tough ones. We wanna be the strong ones. We wanna be the, the ones who don't need help. And in so many different communities to seek help is a sign of weakness. You've spent your career now the last many years trying to get that out of the language. Share with us what, what's working to, to help us realize that asking for help is a sign of strength. What's up, Tim? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me and thank you for what you're doing with this, this extraordinary event tonight. Um, you know, I want to say salute to all the healthcare workers and everybody on the front line, you know, like the, the, the woman we just saw. And I think that, you know, for me, you know, um, telling your story, you know, doing exactly what she just did. Like, that's the best way to help eradicate stigma and, 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 and normalize you know, these things, not just in, you know, my community, the black community, but just throughout all of America. Like people have to tell their stories. Like I always say, it's okay to not be okay. You know, mm. but, but once you get those tools and you get those resources and you learn that it's things out there that can help you be okay, it's not okay to stay not okay. And it's mm. okay to have those conversations with yourself, to look in the mirror and be like, right. man, I can, I can be better. Like we, it's so easy for us to do that physically, right? Like we can, we all know, when we getting a little too big around the stomach or when, you know, there's something about our physical appearance that we don't yeah. like, our shirt is wrinkled, you know. But when it comes to our mental and emotional well-being, we have a hard time seeing those flaws. We have a hard time seeing those wrinkles. You know, we just accept, you know, things for what they are. But you can always be better in those spaces. You just have to want to be better. You know, when we, uh, in, in our work in teaching social and emotional learning, one of the skills we've tried to teach children is what we call help seeking. It's being comfortable when you need it, knowing that you need it, right? Mm -hmm. And we found that that skill, just that skill, helps predict so many positive things for kids as they get older. It helps predict their mental health, of course. It also helps predict their grades. It helps predict other behavioral outcomes if they learn help seeking if they know when it's time, right? If they don't go too long, too far, holding it in. We're thinking about uniting, asking people to serve, asking people to give, but also asking people to use the hashtag, answer the call, and tell us the skills. Tell us how you find help. Tell us who helps you, you know? Not just who you help, but who answers the call for you? When we, you, you and I were talking, you said, well, maybe the, maybe the person that has to answer the call, maybe it's a call from yourself. 
Absolutely. You know, I always uh, say, who does the go-to person go to when they need help? You know, like you, a lot of us in our families, you know, we're the foundation of our families. We're the person. Don't that, start talking about our family. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're, but we're, the people, we're the people that they have to, you know, they, they come to for help. But like, you know, a lot of times we need, we need uh, uh, assistance, you know, and I think that's why I'm very, I'm very um, aware of my how you doings, right? If somebody, if I say how you're doing to someone, I have to really be ready to receive what mm. it is they may tell me because it may not be all good for them. And when it's not all good for them, am I going to be like, oh, okay. Or am I going to actually be there for that person? So to me, that's why I love the hashtag answering the call because like we have to make ourselves accessible to our people, right? And, and people right. have to be accessible to us. When you talk about those kids that are seeking help or they feel comfortable seeking help if every time they you know, ask for help, somebody shut them down or somebody, exactly. yeah. or somebody was judgmental or somebody was trying to tell them, well, you have no reason to feel that way. No, everybody's feelings are valid, you know, and it's okay yeah. for people to feel they feel. So you just have to answer the call and, and you know, get, get, be, be there for people when, when they need you. You know, if I say, how and, are and, you? And, and like you said, even also make the call. I just want to say, Charlemagne, over almost a year and a half ago, we started talking about Unite. Mm -hmm. And you have been there every step of the way, ready to join. I can't thank you enough. I know you want to talk to Dr. Rita Walker. I just want to say from all of us, from this whole global community, we see you as our leader too. So uh, thank you, you know, keep at it. We're, we're with you. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Good evening. Hey, Dr. Rita Walker, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing this evening, Charlemagne? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. I was really enjoying listening to listening to what you were saying just now. Uh, but I guess before we begin, it would be good for me to let our audience know a little bit about who I am. My book just came out today, but I'll suspend that for a moment. I am Dr. Rita Walker. I am a licensed psychologist. I'm also a professor of psychology at the University of Houston, as you know. Uh, and as a professor at a research intensive institution. I'm engaged in research, but I also train doctoral students who are working on their PhDs in clinical psychology. So I think that's how I came to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. And also, you know, you're one of my favorite people right now because I was blessed enough to get an advanced copy of your book over the holidays. And it's called The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. It came out today and it helps you navigate an unequal system, learn tools for emotional wellness and get you the help you deserve. And that's that's what I kind of want to talk about for the next few moments. I want to I want us to provide some help and give people some tools to cope with their mental health during this quarantine and even after their quarantine. And uh, you have a chapter in your book that I love called What You Can Do If Death Seems Like the Best End to Pain. And in that chapter, you share what you call the ABCs of support when someone you know is saying they want to kill themselves. Can you break, down for, break that down for the people, what those are? Yeah, I like these ABCs because I think obviously they're, they're straightforward. I wouldn't assume that they're easy, but relatively straightforward. The A is assume that you can help. A lot of us, I think, get overwhelmed when we hear someone else is struggling and we think, well, I can't be helpful for them because they have too much going on. But maybe just suspend that for a moment and assume that we can be helpful. Uh, we also have to be willing to, to be present and be aware for those individuals. You know, we never know what someone is going through. And so it's important for us to, to be able to listen and just hear the other person. I think so many times, you know, we wonder about, well, you know, how do you communicate effectively? One of the best ways to communicate effectively is to listen. 
And the C is actually related to being able to listen because the C is cancel your judgment. So we can't listen effectively when we're already thinking what we think the person should do or how we're evaluating whether or not, well, why are you feeling that way about a situation? Let me tell you about how bad off I am. Um, so the A is assume that you can help. B is to be still, be calm, be a good listener, most importantly, and C is to cancel, cancel judgments. You know, canceling your judgment is very hard because you don't want the person you're talking to to harm themselves. And you do want to know why they are feeling the way they are feeling, especially when you can't see why it is they would ever think of doing something like that to themselves. So should I just always be quiet and listen the whole time and offer no advice? The short answer mm -hmm. is yes. The short answer is that when we put pressure on ourselves to try and fix what's going on for someone else, that already puts us in a place that makes it hard for us to listen and hear. And a lot of people who are struggling want and need to be heard. They're not wanting and needing someone to fix their problem. They're wanting to feel like someone cares enough for them. And there are enough people, I think, in our society who have a cancel judgment, who are offering advice. And there are few, relatively few people who are willing to just listen and say, I hear what you're going through. I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I appreciate you trusting me and just being present. And I think, you know, just being able to listen does go a long, a long way. We don't have to solve people's problems for them. Wow. You know, you know one thing I'm noticing during this uh, quarantine is what I was telling Tim. When somebody asks me how I'm doing or when I ask someone how they're doing, I'm very eager to share how I am. I mean, really how I am. And, and so are they. But how we are feeling isn't always good. So, so what is our job to each other when one of us says we aren't good? Yeah, I think maybe if I can take a page from one of Brene Brown's books is that, you know, practice being vulnerable. And in this example, it is, you know, being willing to not hide ourselves from another person because maybe we could benefit from having that connection, but because we're so guarded, because we're so fearful of being judged and, and understandably so, but sometimes it helps to just experiment and try and say, you know what, I'm having a tough day today. And the idea that so many of us, so many people are struggling and having a difficult time and feel like they have to put on this brave face, that takes extra work because it's being inauthentic. And so if we can be where we are, for those of us who may be struggling and having a difficult time, you know, picking up the phone, reaching out to a close by loved one and saying, I'm having a tough time. And hopefully that person is able to say, you know, well, tell me what's going on. And they're able to hear because it is true that sometimes we open up to others and they're not quite ready to hear it and they can't be helpful. And we don't have to blame them for that, but maybe we can say to them, if you could just, just be here, I'd appreciate it. You know, it's a, it's a lot of people thinking about what, what they should do now in this moment and, what they should do when this moment is over, but you don't believe in the word should. I saw you cringing when I said it just now. Why, why is that? I do, I do literally cringe and I've been cringing for years now and I drive my students crazy. I talk about it in the book. The word should just takes us out of wherever it is that we are. A lot of times we say things like, well, I should lose those inches, so inches around my waistline, or I should be right now 
I should be able to work my full-time job, help my children with homeschooling, and cook dinner. No, we should not. And so when we use the word should, we put unnecessary pressure on ourselves rather than just accepting where we are. So if we remove should, we can say things that are more helpful, like it would be nice, or it would be great if I can do all those things. The reality though, is that I cannot. And so we can start with where we are and problem solve if we need to, or just engage in some self-acceptance and some self-awareness. I'm having a tough time. Forget the homeschooling. I'm going to go sit down somewhere. Because at the end of the day, if we're not able to relax and reset, then it is going to be challenging to do some of the other things that are so important to us. You know, speaking about, um, you know, being where we are, you know, for everybody that's quarantined right now and experiencing anxiety for the first time based on this situation, what would you tell them? Yeah, I, th- I mean, we're just in a, as you know, in, in a whole different place. And my heart especially goes out to nursing staff. My mom was a nurse for 39 years. She's retired now. But there are folks who are experiencing a whole nother level of strain and stress. And my heart goes out to them. And we have to be able to support them because a lot of them have used up their internal resources and have to reach out to the rest of us. The rest of us who may not be on the front lines can do things like getting out of our heads. So worry or anxiety is about the worry and the thoughts that we're telling ourselves about the situation or our ability to handle the situation. And so when we tell ourselves that we can't handle a situation, that increases the stress and the dysregulation that's associated with the thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So so, so for I'll- those of us who have always dealt with anxiety and have been told, you know, we, we make up things to worry about. Well, what do you tell us now when we actually do have something to really worry about? Well, there's levels to worry, right? So it's not like worry is zero to a hundred. Worry can be zero or 20 or 75 or a hundred. And so if the circumstances call for worry to be at a 50, but the things that we're telling ourselves take worry to a 90, then we might wanna check those thoughts. One of the things that we can do is to write them down on paper. A little while ago, Eckhart Tolle was talking about, you know, the importance of this internal stillness. Well, a lot of us can't, can't achieve that stillness because of the thoughts in our head. But if we can write them down on paper, just write the words down, that gives us a lot of the relief from the worry that we don't necessarily have to be experiencing. You know, I love in uh, your book that came out today, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, how you have a chapter about spirituality, you know, um, because, you know, we are spiritual people. I I like to say I pray and I go to therapy. So so why is having access to a higher power so important in regards to your mental health? Yeah, I think, you know, higher power is important on a lot of different levels. And I know I talk a lot about levels because I really believe there's so many levels to everything. We like to make things black and white, but there are always levels. And so with regard to a higher power, it helps us to to recognize that it's not all on us. So we get anxious sometimes because we feel like we're supposed to, or we should be in control of everything. And the reality is that we're, we're just not. We're only in control of what we're in control of. And that's why we're all at the house right now because we are not in control. 
And so when we can relinquish some of that to the universe and to the world and say, you know what, I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to do my part, which is to be safe at home, you know, wear masks and be careful. And I'm going to let the universe heal itself. I'm going to let the higher power take care of the part that I don't have control over. That actually helps us with our anxiety because it's like, I can sit back and relax a little bit. I don't have to worry about those things that are out of my control. Yeah, that's uh, chapter six in uh, Deepak Chopra's The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, the law of detachment, just leaning into the uncertainty of it all. Um, My final question for you, uh, chapter nine, in, in your new book, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, which came out today. I can't stress to y'all enough that's watching this. You should really check that out. Uh, you say being genuine about needing help makes getting help possible. What does being genuine about needing help look like? Wow. You saved that for the last question, Charlemagne. Um, so being genuine is is being being your authentic self. There are so many of us who are walking around uh, with our representative. So there's kind of us that's a mess or struggling or needing to learn something or needing to sit down somewhere. And then there's our representative that we present to the world that has everything put together, that doesn't need any help and isn't struggling. And a lot of the times that representative is someone that we have to work to create. And so it's okay to take a step back and say, you know what, I'm not going to be my representative. I'm going to be someone who needs to reach out to others and get help because we have our internal resources. I think I mentioned, but then sometimes we got to reach outside. But if we've got this veneer of our representative, then we're probably not going to reach out and other people aren't going to reach out to us because, you know, for those who look like they have everything going for them and everything pulled together just right. Absolutely. Dr. Rita Walker, thank you. Uh, Her new book is out right now, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. Please go check that out because it's just another tool to help us with our emotional wellness and it's giving us the much needed help that we deserve. Thank you, Dr. Rita Walker. Appreciate you answering the call.